Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Tune Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nisty Delaney. So what? Uh, welcome along. It's the second part of our look at the chart of 28th of June 1984. The idea was when we started these episodes of Tune Machine that each chart would be taken care of in a single episode, but that hasn't happened. Not three, with this chart. Three charts in. Uh, so, here we are, part two. We, we didn't really cover very much of the chart. We covered Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood last time out. And... I mentioned that we should have a look at the video of it as well. Did you get a chance to look at the video? No. I'll quickly go through it. There's two videos. There was one that was a TV-friendly one, um, Mm. which was basically the group just playing the song and some lasers. It's the one you'll have seen more often on TV. There was another one that that they made before the single was released, kind of late 83. Um, And it's a a gear hedonistic orgy. Sorry, mate. Anna, do you need to come in and get something? Yeah. Yeah, I'm recording, but... No, 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 don't worry, it's fine. Okay, sorry, mate. And it's a, a, a gear hedonistic orgy, I would say. Um, right. It's fucking brilliant. Um, Holly arrives on a kind of a, a cart that's been pulled by a man, and he's beckoned into this club by Paul Rutherford, who was called the backing singer <laughs> and dancer. Frank goes to Hollywood. Uh, there's a, a massive, he was my favourite one. A massive fat emperor figure who's kind of on the balcony overseeing what's going on, and he's having his face shaved, so he's covered, his face is covered in shaving cream. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of things are going on in this club. There's people in in various uh, leather goods. Um, I think someone gets locked in a fridge on stage. Very briefly. Oh no. Well, they obviously hadn't seen the um, public information videos no, that we've been they? discussing recently. Unless they'd seen it and ignored the warnings and were getting some well, kind of illicit thrill. I mean, listen, locked in the fridge. gay discos in the 80s were pretty lawless places, so if anyone was going to just jump inside a fucking fridge freezer and, and shut the door without any fucking thought of health and safety regulations, mm. then it was going to be one of them. It probably was. Uh, for some reason Holly gets a, a drink thrown in his face there's a scuffle um, Holly then gets uh, I'm just flicking through it as I'm watching to remind myself there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a scuffle Holly is dragged onto the stage uh, to the delight of the big fat emperor figure who's watching over it all um, and then 
a tiger is released onto the stage and Holly Johnson is grappling with a tiger. A tiger cub. Wow. On the, I, <laughs> on the stage ba- of this club. I, I don't know who I'd back in that fight. I mean, I've always thought that Holly Johnson is probably fucking hard as nails. <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, and then after that, Holly gets tied to some kind of rotating um, circular table thing uh, to the delight of the Emperor. And then there's what looks like... It's, it's designed to look like piss coming down from yeah. the from the balcony, but it, it's, it's a clearer liquid. It might, who knows what it is? Uh, and then various people are in cages, uh, and towards the end we see Holly riding around on Paul Rutherford's back, uh, and he's, Holly has taken off his tie that he was wearing, he's wrapped it around Paul Rutherford's neck, and he's using it to sort of guide him along as he rides him around the club. And that video never appeared on Top of the Pops. And you can kind of see why. Oh, yeah, it might have upset Tony Blackburn, mightn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I'll say this. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a fun night out. Well, it, of course it was. If anyone knew how to have fun, it was the lads from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah, especially um, the gear ones. Yeah, and people would say, oh, um, do you, we were still at a stage in the 80s where people would literally say, do you think they might be, you know, mm-hmm. homosexual? Yeah, yeah. But this is what and we were talking about last week, wasn't it? Like, yeah, and people go, was still, you, a, 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 you know, a, a subculture, almost. It was yeah. whispered, wasn't yeah. it? I think it, you know, Frank goes Hollywood, there's a rumour going round <laughs> that a couple <laughs> yeah. of them might be, you know, the other way. Yeah, the other way. Do yeah. you mean the ones in the leather biker hats wrestling with each other in the video? <laughs> Different times, naive times. Different times. But what is one of the many great things about Frankie Goes to Hollywood is that they did not give a flying fuck. They celebrated their own culture in all of its magnificent glory. This is absolutely it. I mean, it's kind of hard to go back and try and get into the mindset of what things were like then. But when Relax came out with that video and and the the content of the song and everything, it it was literally fucking mind blowing. Yeah, for, I thought it was the most. I, it was one of those things. I, I didn't understand what it was, but I knew it was fucking perverse and yeah. mental, different, right? and dangerous. And I, I, I thought I like the look of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's about, but it looks pretty crazy. Um, you know, let's see what else brilliant. these lads have got up their sleeves. Mind you, I thought that about the song "Like a Virgin," which by comparison yeah. was pretty tame. But I remember seeing. Um, Madonna, who mm. I was obsessed in 1984, I was obsessed with Madonna, right? Yeah. Not, I, was, I would only have been nine, so I, it wasn't like sort of, you know, sexually obsessed, no. I don't think. I just thought she was brilliant, right? Mm. And when Like a Virgin came out, I think she's sort of going down some sort of canal, like Venetian canal on a, on a gondola. Yeah. And she's sort of rolling about suggestively heaving her bosom out and singing these words. Again, don't understand. I remember saying to someone, maybe my mum, like a virgin, what is a virgin? And I'm saying it's someone who's never had sex. And I was like, oh my God, why is she even talking about what that shit in her song? <laughs> Unbelievable. I had no, I remember specifically thinking, this, I don't know what this woman is on about, but I think it's something super rude. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, Relax was back up two places to number three in this week's chart. It was its 34th week on the chart and it was going back up towards the top. And obviously, Two Tribes was number one. We'll get onto that later. Um, 
But talking about the state of pop in that year, I mean, number two was I Won't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by Nick Kershaw, mm. which were a decent enough song, but quite inoffensive, slightly pretentious as they were, you know, I, pop stars back I think then. if you look at this top ten, it's as about as strong a top ten as has ever existed. But I think the one track that lets it down is Nick Kershaw at number two. That's not a song. I'm pretty open-minded, but that's not a song I can really get behind. No. I don't hate it. No. But it's hard to really like it. It wasn't but the best single off that album. I mean, Wouldn't It Be Good was a good song. Wouldn't it? Yeah, that's decent. But I want to see down on me. Was a do bit. you want to talk about the lyrics to his other song, The Riddle? Well, not really, because it wasn't in the chart this week, Sam. And we've got but they've been discussed a lot to. anyway, aren't they? We'll see if the random uh, pop blob throws that up for us at some point in the future. We're dictated yeah. to by that. You know, we, we can't make the decisions. But uh, well, the Michael Jackson song at number seven, Farewell My Summer Love, which yeah, was... That, it, that, must have, that, that was a reissue, right? Well, it wasn't. It had been discovered. It had been hidden away in the archives and it had just really? been discovered, yeah. It's not his best work, it's is crap. it? It's crap. It's very schmaltzy. There's, there's a reason why it wasn't released the first time round. Yeah. But, I mean... Um, but then, you know... Small Town Boy by Bronski Beat is a wonderful song and a brilliant video which I think we talked about last time which again I had that because I had my Smash Hits of the 80s VHS cassette which was released in like 1987 so it was you know they hadn't even waited for the decade to to end but I think they probably thought well the 80, they were right in thinking that the 80s effectively ended in 87 anyway yeah because decades do that, don't they? I mean, and that yeah. that was one. There was about twenty videos on this, and one of them was Small Town Boy. I remember finding that again, one of these sorts of things where you're not quite sure what's going on, but you yeah, find yeah. it a little bit yeah. scary. Yeah. Because Jimmy Somerville's at a public baths, and he's eyeing up some geezer yeah, who right, looks yeah. a bit like Pierce Brosnan in the swimming pool, <laughs> that's and right, yeah. he's giving him the eye, and the bloke appears to be giving him the eye back, and then afterwards they're in the pub. Because that's what you do after a swim. <laughs> Got the pub. Go down. The, everyone just gathers in the pub. Drink it off. Swim, <laughs> pub. Swim, pub. Right. Go for me, pulse. Swim. I go swimming so I can lose the calories, and then I put them back on again in the pub. The uh, gay pub. Get get credits in the bank tonight, and I go up the gay pub, and I sink eight to nine pints of shandy, and I still right. look good for the all the other gays. <laughs> Even amongst the gay lads who really know how to look after themselves. <laughs> but then, yeah, anyway. So he's, he's, he's in the pub afterwards, the, the fellow that Somerville's been eyeing out, and he, he he appears to have been giving Somerville the eye back. Um, so Somerville goes over to him and goes, oh, all right, uh, couldn't help. I don't know what he says, but he seems to be saying, couldn't help but notice you swimming earlier. Yeah, nice bit of swimming there. Nice bit Good of swimming. Stroke. And the geezer looks at him a bit like, what? What are you on about? And then <laughs> they bloody, him and his mates, follow Jimmy Somerville and beat him up. And that was a thing. I mean, it might still be a thing. I might be being naive. But the term gay bashing was a, a well-worn term in yeah, the yeah. 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Come a long way since then. I mean, I'm sure it still happens. Well, it, it, it might still happen, but it certainly doesn't seem a prevalent thing. Like, you know people would go to well-known gay meeting areas mm. and chase them and beat them up. Imagine that. Yeah. What kind of a fucking... Anyway, what kind of a hellscape was Thatcher's Britain? <laughs> it's a dystopian future. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's um, an incredibly gay top five. Wham, number but, five. Yeah. George Michael But well, we talked about it last week. I said, yeah. look at look at this top ten. There's, th- there's three songs 
about homosexuality. Um, quite, and you know, in the case of one, it's pretty um, graphic explanation. Sam, Sam, Sam I, w- I won't let my son go down on me. He's not a gay son. Oh right, okay. Sorry, I think I misunderstood that. Um, small town boy, yeah, to a large degree about gay bashing. Wake me up before you go go. Who knows what George Michael was what on kind about of there? Cordy was singing in. It's, it's gobbledygook, <laughs> right? To to my ears, at least. I mean, I love it, <laughs> but I don't know what what George was actually trying to say. Um, the Pointer Sisters, unfortunately, one of the Pointer Sisters passed away. Uh, last week I think she did yes I think the Pointed Sisters are one of the best bands of all time uh, during clip. this era I mean obviously they've been releasing great stuff in the 70s but in the 80s Jump is a fantastic song Automatic which came out around mm. the same time is one of my all time favourite songs is a fucking I, banger I, isn't it I think that's lower down in this chart I think if you go deep into this chart it's like in the 80s or something dropped out of the 40 hadn't it yeah I think you're yeah. right yeah number 48 down from 32 I think it's got my favourite ever introduction to a song as well right it's, it's hard to explain it's just like one of these introductions where they don't feel the need just because it's going to be a hit single to like jump straight into it they do a very slow build up with the mm. drum beat comes in and then the synth and then the guitar they're a fucking extraordinary band. Yeah, it's and got that, it's got that it, sort of chic, like choppy guitar thing at the beginning, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it has. Yeah, oh, it's, it's an amazing me, song. And there's, you know, there's a 12-inch version, it's even better, but Jump For My Love, later covered by the Sp- by Girls Aloud, really was, well, actually. It was indeed, yeah, yeah. And the video's really good because it's Girls Aloud are running riot around Number 10 Downing Street. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I can't remember Bloody great. Because <laughs> it's... Um, it was from the soundtrack for Love Actually, the oh, silly yeah. and annoying Richard yeah. Curtis film. But the best thing about that film was the fact that Girls Aloud contributed to the soundtrack. Mm. And they did a version of this. And in it, they've just, they're all still quite young. And they've just like somehow, Girls Aloud have somehow gained access to 10 Downing Street. <laughs> and are just like running around, like being dickheads, well, <laughs> jumping be, on the beds and smashing uh, things. Tony Blair let them in. Like that time he let Noel Gallagher and Alan McGee in. He's probably he loved to, having a pop star probably around. Trying to revive things by letting the pop stars in again, and that's what. But I in this vid- in this video, it's uh, Hugh Grant playing the Prime Minister, oh, and he actually yeah. appears in it. With I've Girls never Lab. seen that. That's one of the many films I've never seen that are really well. Popular. Don't bother. Because, yeah, because I assumed it, it would. Dog I'd shit. be worried for your blood pressure if you watched it because right. it's a yeah. like it's exactly the sort of thing that will trigger you in a bad way. Okay. So I wouldn't bother. You can just watch the vi- you just watch the video to Jump by Spice Girls. It's great. It's the song is not quite. It's a very good cover, but it's not as good as this original. Um, Shall we've we said about farewell, my summer love. That was shit. But then at number eight, breaking. There's no stopping us now, which is from the soundtrack to uh, Breakdance. I think, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Ollie and Jerry. Up from thirty-five to number eight. 
it's I a brilliant song. I loved it when a song would do that. Something would just rattle up the charts like that. Mate, you, in nineteen eighty four, were you ma- were you matching to break dancing then? I was into the music, but I didn't. I couldn't really mm. do the dancing very much. We I had a really lino on the was, kitchen floor, so that was as close it, as I got. I was so into it though. Like, I, yeah, I couldn't really do it. I tried. I, do you know what he said? She go, "I'm more of a body popper." <laughs> right, yeah. which was basically way of saying I'm too scared to like yeah. jump on my fucking head, yeah. right? Um, but I'd be like, no, I'm I'm, I'm more focused on the body popping side yeah. of things because yeah. yeah. you thought that looks a bit easier. It's a lot more technical, know? wasn't it? Yeah. But I fucked that film and the second one, which everyone says is shit, but I quite liked. It was so good, and I loved everything about. It. I loved the clothes. The, you know, it was the first time you saw everyone wearing all this sportswear, but for yeah. like fashion purposes. It was fucking great. The music, the clothes, the dancing. And I even used to... There was even, like, Breakdance magazine you could get up Smith's. I fucking loved it. 1984, Madonna. I completely forgot about that. There was a magazine, wasn't there? Yeah, Breakdance magazine, oh, mate. Man. yeah. Fucking brilliant magazine. That I might go on eBay and buy some old copies. Yeah, why not? Um, And the gear. Oh, yeah. And everyone in the playground doing really shit. Body popping and break dancing in <laughs> <And> every school. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. And this this was very much the soundtrack of it all. Brilliant song. Shall we look at Two Tribes? Because we've, we've covered yeah. Relax. Now, for me, Two Tribes is ten times the song that relaxes. I fucking love Relax the bits, but Two Tribes was, was almost an event in itself because yeah. Relax had been number one for five weeks or whatever and we knew that the, the follow up was coming there was lots of talk about what it was going to be um, I, I could kind of remember in Smash Hits when it was revealed what the title of it was stuff like that really really mattered do you yeah. know what I mean and it was yeah, like yeah. The, the new single will be called Two Tribes and it is about nuclear war like fuck oh, fucking and you hell. start speculating and chatting to your mates about yeah. it and you start thinking I wonder how it's going to go yeah exactly. and then you take it and you start trying to like you can actually guess. I mean, how could you possibly guess what a song's mm. going to be like? If imagine all the different variations and permutations of chord arrangements and note arrangements. Yeah, but what, you'd give it a go. What could it you'd be? Go, I reckon, yeah. It's called Two Tribes about nuclear war. This is how I reckon it's going to go. Yeah, two tribes, two tribes. <laughs> it sounds Fighting a bit like relax. With bombs, 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 bomb, bang. <laughs> two tribes. Anyway, that's how I reckon it's going to go. I actually reckon it's going to sound quite a lot like relax. That'd be your other guess. Yeah. I mean, I remember... I remember <laughs> two tribes, two tribes, two tribes. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard it, it was on the um, Annie Nightingale show. It used to be on a Sunday evening after the Top 40 rundown, 7pm. Because she would normally play the singles that were going to be out the week after next. Ah. Because there was never that run-up of two months of like this single's coming out soon that there was later on you don't hear about it a week or two before and she would always play the the stuff that was due to be released the week after the next and she started the show with it and it just started with those sirens the nuclear um, threat sirens and I immediately thought straight away fuck this is it press play and record sat back and there that was Uh, it yeah and that was it clambering across the room to press play and record I got but what it. cassette's I, I in there? It. I don't care. I don't care what I'm taping over. Anything's well, the, worth I sacrificing. Always, I always tape my favourites off the top 40 and then on Annie Nightingale as well afterwards to do my little compilations of, of Logistics. stuff that uh, I couldn't afford to buy because I wanted everything. You know, I said there's 31 yeah. out of 40 singles or something in this chart that I, 
I, I like. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm, I, well, as I've said, in the top ten, I suppose, yeah, actually, I was going to say only one song I don't like. I, I have to say two. I, you know, because it was Michael Jackson, instinctively, I thought, yeah, good song. But actually, yeah, it's one of his worst ever songs. <laughs> so, all right, I'll write, I'll rub that out. But, yeah, it's just, it's, it's all killer, hardly any filler. And we used to get guilted because they used to see a home tape in this killing music and they used to sometimes have a little symbol of the cassette and the skull and crossbones on the back of records to try and put you off from taping things. But it didn't stop us. But, you know, we we had that little bit of guilt that we were brought up with. That's not healthy. Well, I didn't see fucking Elton John and Phil Collins suffering much. Well, no, exactly. They would have just had bigger houses and bigger limousines and bigger swimming pools. um, Bigger helicopters. I want a bigger helicopter. I want a helicopter inside another helicopter. And then it can come out of its tummy and fly off on its own. Yes, like, get me like, that. Like, like Thunderbird 4 comes out of Thunderbird 2. Yes. You've seen it. Make it like that. Make fact, it so. Build me Thunderbird 2. That's the best one, the green one. I don't like Thunderbird 5. That's just a shitty space station, right? <laughs> I like Thunderbird 1 because that's a rocket. But that only goes in one direction, up. And I need to go to all places. Watford, Los Angeles, <laughs> all over the world. Yeah, back to Watford again. Make me a, a Thunderbird 2 right now, or I'm never working again. <laughs> I'm never going to write any more hits. Then you'll see. I want a little yellow submarine that comes out of its guts, and Bernie Taupin's going to run in that. <laughs> That's going to be Bernie's one. <laughs> Jalapeño. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Jalapeño. Two tribes. I mean, I'll have gone out and bought the 7-inch and the 12-inch. Maybe on the Fuck day it came out. out. By the weekend, at least. Um, well, he's in Sunderland or what? Uh, well, in 1984, I probably will have gone to Washington. The galleries in Washington. But I don't right. know where I would have bought it from then. Because I don't think there was an outprice there. It might have been into Sunderland. Uh, who knows? But I think I got most of my records from Smith's. Yeah, I think I trusted Smiths, you know. You trusted what they had in stock. You you trusted them as yeah. purveyors of taste. If Smiths like, has got it a, in, it must be good. There was a couple of independent record shops in Chiswick mm. High Road, but I found them a bit intimidating and confusing. Mm. I didn't understand the system. Mm. You know, I couldn't find the records. When you're in Smiths, they just had the charts up and you just yeah. picked it up off the shelf and walked up and said, I'll have that, and then they go out back and get it. Yeah, It's just a straightforward transaction. Yeah. I think they made it purposefully confusing in a lot of the independent record shops. To try and frighten away youngsters. I don't know what their fucking agenda was. 
just uh, just air of superiority over everyone else. Yeah, I, I didn't fucking that. like it. I yeah. was I, Smith's was the best place for me. Yeah, that was. I felt that was my home. I'm um, very straightforward, mainstream sort of a person. And then when the hour price opened, I switched to that. Yeah. More more range, more to choose from. More range, but yeah. The, the two tribes came out on the 7-inch and it came out on two 12-inch singles. To start off with, I think there was a third one. There might have been a fourth one at some point. And they just kept bringing out more remixes of it um, across the weeks just to try and keep it at the top of the charts. And fucking well done to them. Why not? I love that sort of thing. I love that thing where you can buy into something so much that you become a collector of it, just the song itself. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like just the actual song. Yeah. Yeah. Um there might have even been a cassette single, I'm not sure, but I've got all the twelve inch singles of it. I've got the seven inch. Uh and it was it was it was just a massive. What's the massive story event. behind this single? I mean the production is just sensational it's on immense, it, isn't it? Isn't it's it? like it's like unique production that you yeah. haven't seen. Yeah. That, that I've never really heard before or since. Who was responsible yeah. for it? That well, was Trevor Horn again. It was Trevor Horn. Yeah, and it's just that, that that thing. It, it was just let's just chuck the fucking kitchen sink into this thing. Yeah. Let's just make this the biggest noise you can imagine. Yeah. And and it was quite I mean, you in a way, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, you listen to I Won't Let the Sun Go Down on me next to it, and there's just no uh, comparison, it, is it? It's paper thin. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't but, want um, to follow Frankie on stage, would you? It's a good job they're at number one, because you'd say they'd be on the last act on the show. Even Wake Me Up Before You Go Go by Wham, which to me, I've heard enough times now, I can't listen to it anymore. It's it's too kind of... It's not of, their best single of the year, too, is it? It's, it's too saccharine, and I can't listen to it again. Yeah. I prefer Freedom, which was the one afterwards. Freedom, I think, is... Possibly their best single of this era. Yeah, uh, that's the one that I actually got. There was a school disco, and it was for fourth at the primary school, and it was the fourth year's leaving disco. But they could invite one. Each of them could invite one, one person. One member of one. From yeah. <laughs> from now, who's it going to be? Pepsi, Shirley, George, or Andrew? <laughs> Everyone chose fucking Shirley. No. Oh yeah. Right. This. Uh, this. Well, sh- I mean. Pepsi was nice, but DC Lee was better, wasn't she? Oh, she was. Yeah, we've discussed this previously, yeah. Um, on every incarnation I, of this podcast. Yeah, I went to... I turned up at school with a flat-top haircut, right? Mm. Now, in this era, most kids, nice boys at my school, would just add fucking hair. You don't have a haircut. You just, you just hair. It just sits there and exists. Just yeah. fucking grows, yeah. and then once in a while, your mum says, "Get a fucking haircut. Come yeah. on, we're going to the barber." And he just <laughs> and he says, "What do you want?" And your mum just says, "Just cut some off it." Short fuck's sake. Sides. Yeah, yeah. However, my brother, one of my brothers at the time, was a psychobilly. Mm. Uh, don't know if you remember that particular youth tribe, but their bands were the Guanabats. Mm-hmm. And King I Kurt. think the mute 
King Kurt. I yeah. think the Mutants were one of them yeah. as well. Anyway, he had a flat top haircut, which was almost shaved completely bald at the side. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just add that, that, that whole genre, largely unlistenable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just awful. Awful. I don't know. It just came and went, that tribe. How did he get involved with it? Yeah. Like, you know what? I wake up one morning and think, yeah, I think I'm going to become a psycho, yeah, Billy. It, w- it would appear somewhere in Smash History would think, well, that's not for me, though. Good but luck you know what? Well. This is this is the funniest thing of all. This isn't my brother Cass and my brother Dom, right? So he got he accidentally... It's like someone who bought a Betamax mm. tape machine, right? You, you back the wrong horse. Yeah, we did that. Now, talk about backing the wrong horse, right? He's woken up. You think he'd been a mod and a skinhead, right? Already, and he's some suddenly up. Fuck knows why. He's decided I'm banking on the next big youth tribe, right? That, that will be up there with the mods, with the skins, with all these. With the, it's the new punk rock, right? It's going to be psychobilly, right? So he gets the haircut, right? Which very severe, short on top, spiked on top, but flat, like you could use a spirit level on it, right? Shaved at size, gets that, gets the records, gets the gear, even had a load of graffiti on his bedroom wall of the Guana Bats kind of logo and all this yeah. sort of stuff, right? Well, there's the good bit, right? He comes home one day when he's 16, he's got a fucking psychobilly tattoo massive on his right shoulder, <gasps> no. right? It is a huge skull, right? In profile, screaming aggressively, right? <laughs> With a flat top, right? <laughs> um, and it's uh, it's fucking something to behold. And anyway, my mum's gone mental because he's 16, you know, and yeah. he's got this fucking huge, really ugly tattoo. And she's like, why'd you get it? And he's like, I'm a psychobilly. Mm-hmm. I'll always be a psychobilly. Well, mm. Right, I am. That's why I decided that the time was right having been committed to the Psychobilly tribe for two weeks now, the time was right to make it official and get a tattoo. My brother is now 53. Mm -hmm. He has four children. Mm -hmm. He lives in suburban Wandsworth, Mm -hmm. right? He drives a people carrier. (laughs) He still has a Psychobilly tattoo (laughs) daubed on his right shoulder. And when we go to the Isle of Wight every year and he takes his top off, there there it is. is. (laughs) Still a Psychobilly, are you, mate? Fuck off. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard King Kurt will reform in for a reunion yeah. tour. Have you what's, got your tickets? What's the latest on the psychobilly scene then? Any news? <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you another really good thing you do, right? That we when we want to anger him and wind him up, we purposefully get psychobilly muddled up with rockabilly, right? Right. Go, yeah, yeah. And you go. Oh yeah, Stray that cats. was when you you were really into the stray cats and, and you had your big long jacket and all of that. And he get, he still falls for it now. Yeah. It wasn't fucking rockabilly. It was psychobilly. There you go. Uh, and all you have to do to make him actually become violent and sometimes yeah. chase you is start going. I'm a rockabilly rocker. <laughs> <laughs> or ask him to do the stray cat strut. Yeah. It'll be a bit matchbox darts. <laughs> 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 Shaking Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh. so that's my brother's psychobilly story. Awful. But that's anyway, the reason happen. I talk about it, the way it relates back to Wham is that um he used to come in and bully me and go, Look at the state of your barnet, fucking bowl edge, you look like a fucking geek, blah 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 blah. He's coming one day, he's giving me all this dialogue and I've snapped. I've gone, Alright, 
what, what, you think your fucking hair's cool? All right, take me out to the barber now and I'll get it done like you. And he goes, all right, I will. So he mar- my mum's at work. He marches me down to the Greek barber, Sam's, right, mm. on the high street. And he goes, give him a flat top. And Sam is this old Greek guy. He knows my mum. He goes, oh, I don't know. You ask your mum about this. I'm not sure she's happy. You usually get shot back size. Don't worry about my mum. I'll square it with her. It's all sorted. I'm paying. Get him a flat top. Well, he got me his flat top. I was nine years old, right? And it was like me angelic little brother the baby of the family right my mum comes home and sees me with this haircut she's crying right it was like it was mental I looked like a nutter right (laughs) I went into school the next day and as I walked into assembly a hush befell the entire room everyone was fucking looking at me right I'd never felt so embarrassed it was so embarrassing right and I thought why did I do it and I only did it because he was winding me up so much and he shouldn't have got it done but um, anyway, so I was all embarrassed, feeling embarrassed about the whole thing. Everyone was staring and pointing and looking and laughing. But then at the next playtime, this kid who I barely ever spoke to, who was one of the hardest and coolest kids in the year above, mm. he came over to me, right? And I thought, he's coming over to probably bully me a bit about my haircut. And he goes, can I uh, feel that? Because it felt nice, Oof. you know, you put your hand on top of it. Yeah. And it's all flat and spiky. Yeah. And I went, yeah, all right. And he felt it and he went, yeah. Nice haircut, that. My older brother's got one like that. I said, oh, really? Yeah, my older brother has too. He goes, yeah. Want to come to the year, to the fourth year disco? <laughs> and I went, what? Went, Do you want to come to the fourth year disco? You can be my guest if you, you want. The and I went, because everyone could invite one third year. But yeah. I wasn't cool enough to have any mates in the year above, so I didn't think I'd get the nod. And I went, yeah, all right, great. Mm-hmm. And he went, yeah. And by the way, everyone's allowed to bring one single with them, right? So make sure you bring something good. So I thought, <laughs> pressure's on. So? <laughs> so I went down to uh, the record shop, I guess Smith's on the high street, and I bought Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, which must have been a terrible disappointment <laughs> to the guy who'd invite me, because he'd invite me because he'd yeah. thought, this geezer looks like a right hard nut. I yeah. think he can be in my gang with his cool haircut. Maybe he's a psychobilly like me. And I turned <laughs> up going, I'm here. Did you bring your record? Yes, it's Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. <laughs> oh, you fucking, you fucking little punts. <laughs> I thought you was proper. <laughs> I thought you was a geezer. You're fucking ridiculous. Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Oh, it's lovely. It's a great song. <laughs> uh, as the blows rained down upon Sam that night. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... Fucking hell. Another thing about it was it was that Frankie Ghost Hollywood were back on the telly and they were allowed, we were allowed to see and listen to them. Do you know what I mean? Because we couldn't, they were hidden away when Relax was out because it was banned everywhere. But uh, I'm looking yeah. at the I'm looking at the back of the 12 inch cover and there's like, it's just full of fucking information. It's almost like an essay on the back. There's quotes. Uh, there's, there's, uh, fucking charts about how the, the, the nuclear power of America and Russia and it's got comparison for how many land-based missiles they've got, how many submarine-launched ballistic missiles, strategic bombers and nuclear warheads, um, and a, a thing about where the new US missiles would be deployed. It was just this education. Fucking hell. It was I mean, fucking, there was nothing was else shit- like this. Do you know what I mean? Everyone was shitting it about nuclear bombs. Yeah. And part of me, I just sort of think, I, if I had a time machine that could go back, I'd go, do you know what? Stop shitting yourselves about nuclear bombs. Yeah, they've got loads of them. So fucking what? Right? Who's this cool dude who's come from the future? 
Who they're probably not going to use them, but even if they do, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just all fucking die anyway. There's, Nuclear um, info guy from the future. Idea for a play I might write. So, and then it's got, uh, along with ZTES3, which was the seven inch version of it, it says, This is number three in Zang Tum Tums, which of course was the record label. Zang Tum Tums underestimated action series. And then it says in quotes, What flies into pieces is rubbish. And it's just, it's Paul Morley nonsensical twattery oh, but you yeah. just fucking you know I just I just lapped all this stuff up yeah people like I mean that was a good thing about Paul Morley he sort of monetized talking shit yeah uh, but fair enough it, was, it made people open their minds but this is it yeah it made you think well it's, this is what it's like being an adult is this this is stuff that I'm not being exposed to with Nick Kershaw's I won't let the sun go down on me or even mm-hmm. with wake me up before you go go this is inverted commas serious stuff yeah and then uh, in the video, Two Tribes, of course, which was directed by Godley and Cream. Oh, and, yeah, uh, they Ronald, were great Ronald directors, Reagan, weren't they? And was he called Chernyenko? No, it wasn't Gorbachev. It was pre-Gorbachev. It was the white-haired uh, fella. It wasn't Andropov. Yeah. It was Chernyenko, I think. It was the one who it came wasn't Brezhnev. It wasn't Brezhnev. No, it wasn't Brezhnev. And they were wrestling and punching each other in the face. And there was blood and, yeah. and dust everywhere. And the video itself didn't come out for three weeks after the single had been released. You know that, is, that was that itself an extreme. That's an extremely memorable video, isn't it? Yeah, I think that was because they just hadn't got around to finishing it, so it didn't get it didn't come out till three. The single had been top of the charts three weeks. The video it's not done. Out. We've got ten CC to make it, but and maybe, they haven't pulled maybe, their fucking finger out. Maybe it was a thing whereby it was part of that thing of bringing the twelve inches out every three weeks. It was part of the campaign. They just keep it in the in the public eye and keep it in the. I had the twelve inch imagination. Fatty Payne bought it for me as a birthday present that year. Yeah. At the, I told last week about the fact we had a disco. Mm. And Fatty Payne was the one who went, I'm not coming to that. I don't even like Madonna because yeah, there was a picture of Madonna. But I think he did come and buy me the 12-inch to two tribes, so I let him off the hook That's just nice. this once. That was good of him. But, yeah, um, yeah and then uh, the video itself got previewed, I think, on the Tube, on a late-night edition of the Tube. Because because of the violence in it, they weren't allowed to show it. It never got shown on Top of the Pops in the nine weeks it was number one. Again, so that was banned in itself. They couldn't show it on the 5.30 till 7pm edition of the Tube. They had to have a special Mate, late night one. All this stuff, in this point in 1984, they smashed out of nowhere and mm. absolutely rocked the country to its very core. Yeah. But what happened to them? What happened what, to them? What happened next? Yeah. Well, the power of love came out as the, the third single. That was at that Christmas, right? It was going to be Christmas number one, but then Band Aid knocked it off the top. Bastards. Well, last last Christmas as well, I think. Last year, yeah. What a year for Christmas singles, yeah. eh? Those three. But it was number one when it came out for about a week, and then Welcome to the Pleasure Dome album came out, and then mm. they all kind of fell out with each other. And the recording, is that what happened? Yeah, they just all fell out with each other for various reasons. They recorded the second album, Liverpool, which I think is brilliant. I think the second album is probably better than the first album because there's lots of lots of flab on the first album, but the second album is really really what's good. It, what's the second album Liverpool. called? Liverpool. Oh, it's a good name for an and album. And they brought isn't it? out Rage Hard as the comeback single. And, right. Uh, but they've Brilliant been. I think, for a I think single. They, they had like sort of all sorts of fallouts, and uh, the you know people had lost interest by the time they came back in about autumn '86. I think it was. But, right. But fucking hell, 1984 was just all about Frank and Ghost Hollywood. Yeah, and uh, 
I even I even joined the I'm fan club. I'm watching the video now with the sound down and Reagan's biting the Russian fella's yeah. ear off. And the band are there watching it and they've got cameras and stuff, haven't they? They're filming it. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah, brilliant. And there was just nothing else like it at all in terms of just excitement and danger back then. And it got to number one. They were, they were number one for, I think it was something like a third of 1984, Frank and Ghost Hollywood were top of, the, top of the charts with the various singles they had out. Wow. So there you go. Um, I, I've joined the fan club. I've never joined a fan club before or since, I don't think. And it was something like £5.75 for a year's membership. Was and it I worth got, it? No, it was shit. You got yeah. like a photocopied letter three times a year telling you what they were up to. I think you might have got a badge and a photograph of them. And that was it. Terrible. But, My, uh, I knew a girl who started an official fan club I, once. I yeah, think it, I told you that. Was it the Pasadena's? Pasadena's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, you'd, be, you'd be surprised that like everyone assumes that the record company does it, but she just no, wrote to them and said, yeah, "Have you yeah. got a fan club? I'd like to set up." And they go, "Yeah, all right." Well, this Frank, you goes to Hollywood one had the same kind of vibe. It was sort of like this, yeah. this doesn't feel because it was all so brilliantly orchestrated and engineered. The whole Frankie thing, the whole concept from start to finish. Yeah, but, but the, the fan, fan club, club just no. felt like it was just someone had shattered out at the back of the whole machine, but. uh yeah, it came along at absolute perfect time for me. I mean, the, the B-side as well was the cover version of War, Edwin Star song, which could easily have been, you know, the main single. Fucking great. Um, we'll leave it the there. The only think... songs we haven't covered in the top ten so far are numbers nine and ten. Well, I was going to say, so we'll, leave, we'll leave it there, Sam, and we'll, next oh, we'll okay. do another episode and we'll go through the rest of the top 40 because there's plenty yeah. more in there. Brilliant. Never mind the top right. ten, there's plenty to go into. This could go on for ten weeks. Yeah, I don't see the need. This is when we thought up this idea of doing a different <laughs> chart every week. In my mind, uh, all the bands and the songs we're talking about, even though we agreed that with a scope would be like 20 years, yeah. all the bands and songs I hoped we'd be talking about in cultural moments actually are just contained in this one chart. Yeah. So who knows? This could go on for an ever, ever, folks. But um, well. stay with us. It's only yeah. get better. We haven't even got on to Elton John, yeah. Lionel Richie, or Scritti Politti yet. Well, so exactly. hold tight. Exactly. Also, before we go, sticking with Frankie before we leave Frankie, a mention of the 12-inch versions, which had Christopher Barry from Spitting Image playing Ronald Reagan oh. and Patrick Allen, who did the voice on the government's Protect and Survive nuclear... I, knew, I used to know Patrick Allen. Well, He's pa- the guy who also did yeah. all of the voiceovers that were like that. Yeah. And, and they, I got to know him later in his life because I, I used to do voiceovers with him. And, the, and he was a great man. He once was even up for the part of James Bond. Wow. Because they weren't yeah. allowed to use the samples from Protect and Survive, so they got him in and he re-recorded they got them him to the 12-inch version. Yeah. So a then, great man. everyone, go away now and go on YouTube and listen to all the 12-inch versions of Two Tribes because, you know, it's not going to make your day any worse, is it? Uh, Quite we'll right. be back with more of this sometime. A couple of weeks, Until something like then. that. Yeah. Till then, do what you want. Keep on, you know, rocking in the free world. I think that's how it's said. That's a nice way to end, I think. Yeah, good. Mm. Bye. fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.